All right, welcome to Radiant 17. Um, and so uh, the Feast of, uh, of Atonement, the Day of Atonement, which is called Yom Kippur, is the highest holy day of all the feast. It is, it is uh, in the Old Testament, they would uh, take a lamb of the first year that was without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, and they would, uh, the uh, high priest would enter into the holies of holies in the tabernacle, and he would offer that one time a year for the atonement. And during this time, between the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, and um, excuse me, the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of, uh, of Atonement was a 10 days of awe. And that was during that time where they would evaluate and look and assess oneself because what they wanted is if they did and they repented it was a time of repentance it was a time of look reflecting and 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 just honestly allowing the word to be a plumb line to you so and and really calling your life and even your household into alignment with the Lord and and the, and the gist of it was that if we did this it would align ourselves for a good year the whole year we would experience the goodness and the sweetness of God the fruitfulness of God the whole year because you have repentance the Bible says that uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways what the heavens will be open over them so you'll live up under open heaven and then what was done would be forgiveness so you would live uh, uh, in forgiveness and then and then what the Bible says healing would begin to happen. So where things have been a little hurtful or not happening or not moving the way it was, healing would break out and there would be such this restoration and this refreshment ready to go into the new year. And so you would be stepping into a year of goodness, the God's goodness and God's favor and God's fruitfulness as you did this. Well, we, the believers today, because these feasts were not just made for the Jews. When you read scripture, the feast was made for us period it was made to be celebrated not just by the jews first but everybody the bible speaks that there are four times in a year that all men all men are to come up up and worship the lord in those feast times and what are those feast times these feast times are divine appointments by god to connect with us to do special things in these times and in these feast times are are windows of heaven the portals of heaven are open such abnormally they are releasing God's will on earth they've been releasing things corporately for the body of Christ and they're also releasing things individually for the believer and there are things that God wants to do at these appointed times and when you read from cover to cover you'll see God move mightily as he did certain things and he still moves mightily today because he's the same yesterday today and forevermore and so in this season in this feast of atonement that uh, we're looking at is that Jesus is the atonement. He is the lamb slain. All the animals, all the lambs without spot, wrinkle, or blemish was a shadowing of what Christ Jesus was going to be for mankind completely. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not excuse me would not perish but have everlasting life they would live a life that's full of life that where they were up under the devil's mandate and 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 and, and he was he was the sub, he was the one that had them uh 
in, in check and had them in bondage and oppressing. His, his theme was to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came to give life and that more abundantly. I came to give you life and that more abundantly. Not only this life, but the life to come. So when you receive Jesus, you embrace him, you are receiving life in every aspect of your life. And that means God's intentionality for every aspect of your life. That's what it means to be redeemed. It means to be it means to be restored to the original intent that God had intended for you and I when he brought us here on the earth that's what your life is going to be redeemed and as we align ourselves so Jesus being our lamb who was slain once and so this feast is a feast that that we can celebrate what Jesus did and who he is but also prepare for ourselves for prophetically what God wants to release prophetically, what he wants to move individually as well as corporately, what he wants to, what promises he wants to release, the suddenness of heaven to be released in these times. And so as we align ourselves, we are putting ourselves right in right standing, but where the Bible says that my lifelines or my pathways would fall in pleasant places. And so as we align ourselves and repent, we are causing our way to fall in pleasant places before the Lord. We're causing ourselves to, to be a recipient of God's goodness to just land on us and rest on us like kind of glory and manifest and do what we could not do in our own strength and since we are in this space we are in the time of open doors and open hearts and open ears and open things that open opportunities and that god is going to create things god is going to create things and i i was got to, i got a chance to talk to my cousin i'll share this before you before we really dig into scripture even more i was talking to my cousin on my on my trip and um and one of the scriptures that we're going to hit tonight, uh, we're going to highlight that where I saw that my cousin, he says, I sit with the Lord. And this is a, a cousin that I met for the first time personally. I've talked to him on the phone, but hadn't had a chance to really uh, see him. And so the, to be able to see him for the first time was amazing. But he shares with me and he's a believer, which was great. But he shares with me that he gets up every morning. And he, he, he prays and seeks the Lord and, and that God had dropped some innovative ideas about the type of line of work that he does, how to reinvent things. And he's actually taking scripture and, and, and using scripture, the principles in scripture to write protocol, to bring reformation to law enforcement, to bring reformation to law enforcement. And because of what he's sharing is so groundbreaking from scripture, people are calling him around the world. He's going to different places. He is going around different places, sharing what he's doing. And even to the point where he's got people jumping on board, professionals that have doing studies that are backing up what he's actually talking about to be true. Isn't that something? That is, that is, you know, and I, when I heard that, man, I was just ecstatic. I was like, what? I said, dude, do you know you are the fulfillment of, of Isaiah chapter two? And we're going to get in that tonight, that, that you, I've been talking about this. This is what God has been showing me what this is. And I'm actually know a person who is actually receiving in his time of meditation, in his time of meditating on God's word, in his time of just sitting there, God is unraveling, unraveling, un unraveling 
uh, innovative kingdom ways to bring reformation. Because we, we don't want just revival. We're about reformation. We're about reforming and changing and shifting things. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And our minds are renewed by the kingdom mindset, by God's word. So is it is it that God's word only renews our mind? No, it's here to what? If it renews our mind, it will renew the mind of the world. That's why he says, I want you to break away from your conformity. I want you to break away from the ideology, the philosophy, the mindset, the, the wisdom of this world, because it is limited. It does not have the capacity to host the things of God. It is unjust. It is unfair. It is biased and partial to some, and it is, uh, it is wicked. And God says, I'm here, and you are here to institute something that is uh, that is amazing, something that is beautiful, something that is kingdom, something that will be here, something that's going to stand the test of time, something that is just and righteous, something that is not partial, but that it has no respect of any person, but it gives the person an opportunity to excel and to move forward into what God has. And so God wants to do these things. And so as he was sharing, I was like, oh, Lord, you are really speaking on this trip. You're really giving me somebody who I've been talking, who the scripture I've been talking about is actually doing this. And so when I was sharing with him some of the things, I don't know what he was actually doing, but the things that I was sharing with him was um, was causing, was giving him such feedback. He was like, dude, do you know what you're saying is the things that I'm writing, is the things that I'm constructing and putting it down? And it was just God flowing through me, affirming what he's doing. And just encouraging him even more that the Lord is really going to do this and he's going to do this on a very big level. It is not about the number one. It is not about the man of God. It's not about the woman of God, but that God is what is is rising up a people, bringing up a people, people that are hungry, people that are willing, people that are committed into into really stepping into what God has. And so we want to read um, in uh I want to read in Leviticus. I'm going to start there in Leviticus about the Day of Atonement and just what that is. And I explain it to you, but I want to read from Scripture in Leviticus 23, beginning uh, at uh, beginning Leviticus 23, beginning at verse 26. And it says this. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, also on the 10th day of the seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement and it shall be a holy convocation unto you and ye shall afflict your souls meaning that's fasting and praying uh denying your flesh causing your flesh to just to die to certain things and denying your flesh uh the pleasures to really dig in and see yourself because as long as you got things that will distract you things that you can get the, those things will sometimes impair your ability to be able to see yourself effectively the bible says let a man examine himself and if i'm going to examine myself let me be able to examine myself in a place where those things are highlighted when i'm fasting and praying the fasting and praying highlights the areas that are compromised so that i can align those things to the word of god and, and come out of agreement with whatever I'm in agreement with to align myself fully with him so he can fully move and breathe and I can be a instrument for the things that God wants to do. And it goes on and says here in verse 28, and you shall do no work in that same day for it is a day of atonement. It is a, it is a sabbatical rest. It is a, it's a time just to 
engage the Lord. And so this season that we've been in has really been about engaging the Lord. And if you've been feeling the pull of God to pull you closer, to engage you in a deeper level, what he's really doing is inviting you in to a, another a new space. He's inviting you into a deeper walk. He's inviting you in to another level. And this is, 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 is this is what this season is about. It's allowing us to come closer, to mock, walk more in unity, to walk more in oneness with him, to break more of our conformity, to surrender more of our hearts and allow our hearts to be fully uh, his and his alone. And what you haven't given him, you would give him. And that's what this is all about. And so we keep reading verse 29. It says, for whosoever soul it be that shall not be afflicted in the same day he shall be cut off so when you don't examine yourself and you just can think that you don't have the change when you don't think that you don't have to work on you what you have done is really plateaued you have topped out and you have plateaued and there's a danger there because paul said this he said this he says i have not arrived i have not uh, ascended to the place where 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 i i i'm the guy no paul says i'm running after jesus daily I'm pressing towards the mark of the high calling. I'm chasing the one who first apprehended me today. The first, the very one that loved me and, and encountered me to change my life. I'm running after him and I'll do it to the day that I leave here. But the moment you feel like you don't have to change or you don't have to do anything is a bad place to be because that means you have allowed pride to, to get in your heart. You have allowed that to allow you to see yourself in a way. When the man thinks he, the Bible says, when a man thinks he's something, he, he's nothing. When you think that you are more than what you are, the scriptures will reveal you are, you've been weighed <laughs> and, and you've been found wanting and you have, and you come up short is what the Bible says. And so the word has ability to show that all flesh is grass. That none of us, that every day is a day for us to run and chase after Jesus. Run and do and fulfill those things that we've been saying here on earth. Let's keep reading. It says in verse 30, it says, Whosoever soul that, be, that doeth any work in that same day, the soul shall be destroyed. So when you have, the reason why he's saying work is because he was saying that this is a moment which nothing else matters but you and God. And this isn't about one day, but this is about what you do on that day that will set the tone for the rest of that year, for the rest of that season. Let me, uh, hold on. Let me, uh, So it would set the tone for the rest of that season. It would set the tone for the rest of that, that moment. And so this season is a season that will set the tone for what is, what, what is to come, what is to come, every, every bit of it. And if we really lean in and, and allow God to do what needs to do, what you're doing in this season, what you're doing in this moment, this invitation that you accept from the Lord is setting the standard, setting uh, uh, setting the presence of God in your life for this season. And so that was why he told him, don't you work, you're going to miss out. You're going to be, you're going to miss it out because you're not understanding what you're doing. I'm not telling you to call in and call off your jobs and don't work. But what God was really saying is here, really take this serious, really fully with gravity, understand the moment, the divine appointment you were in. Um, and I, it was interesting tonight as I was out um, 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 before I got to my room, I was on a, on a walk with a few people that I'm, I'm, I'm up here at this uh, conference at. Um, 
that we were out and as we were out we saw this cute little dog that was a little french little french bulldog and we were rubbing him and playing with him and then out of nowhere this lady walks up with her labadoodle and they all were we were all talking and then as these two were talking she asked the gentleman hey do you live up here he said yeah i do i, I live up here and he says she says to him well you know what i i'm i'm good with dogs and i'm a dog sitter that's what i do and so she pulls out her card and hands him a card and when I saw that, to me, I felt that was a divine appointment because we don't know that we need something until we're in a situation that we need it. And here was something being presented. It was happening based on us just engaging this dog and doing this thing. Here comes this person, comes up, this person comes up. And, and right in that moment, he may have very well needed a dog sitter because he's planning to take a trip or he's planning to do this and he's got a dog that's very young and um, it's like a one-year-old dog's little puppy and he needs somebody that's really good and here comes this person out of nowhere that is skilled in that and when i saw that i, I talked to everybody i said did you see that did you see that divine appointment did you see the connection that happened that business connection that happened i said that is prophetic i really believe in this season there is going to be business connections there are going to be just business connections uh, relationship connections they're going to be they're going to be connections of all kind these are all divine appointments these are all open doors and open opportunities for us to step into and as i was watching it i just was watching the hand of god god has many ways to speak and if you walk with him enough you'll realize the hand of the lord on things you'll realize the hand of God on things and as I was looking I just was like wow Lord I see you on this I see this is a sign that you're doing these things that this season is going to be about connections about uh, intersections that you come to this place you're, what you need is going to intersect and chase you down and cross your path and you're going to be able to connect with it but you have to be sensitive you have to be sensitive because it, if you live, if the Bible says this, the Bible says if you commit your way unto the Lord, he will what? He will bring those things to pass. If the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So when you live your life allowing God to order your steps, when you live your life committing your life unto the Lord, he knows how to direct you. He knows how to, he knows how to lead you and guide you in all truth and what show you things to come he knows how to do those things if you allow him he's the spirit of counsel he's the spirit of wisdom he's the spirit of knowledge he knows all those things and all you have to do is align yourself and and realize i'm doing life with him i'm here to fulfill his will and way i'm here to fulfill the mandate of the kingdom and righteousness the other thing that i that was highlighted today was matthew 6 seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things to be added unto us that was highlighted today on a sign driving up and even highlighted as a person in that same conversation uh said hey uh what time is it at the time on oh, 6 and when it came up we like there's matthew 6 god highlighting certain things highlighting the kingdom there's there so in other words what i'm saying is that there is a kingdom mandate there is a kingdom uh, protocol there there are kingdom things that need to happen in this season you are sons and daughters you are prince and princes you are royal priesthood and you are a part of a kingdom and part and 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 as ambassadors as as as, as little kings and queens as little prince and princess of, of of the kingdom of god 
our job as the children of God to carry out the mandate of God, to carry out the mandate of the kingdom, to find out what it is that God is doing in this season, what it is that the kingdom needs to be done, and, and seek the righteousness, to seek the kingdom and righteousness, to do it rightly, to move in righteousness, to not compromise, to not allow what God is asking you to do, to, uh, to find another way to do it, but always do it through him. Because he has a way that leads to life and that more abundantly, but we have a way that leads to destruction. And so there's this, there's this call to really simplifying and allowing God, the kingdom and his righteousness to be the focal point. Because some of us want things to be added to our life. Some of us want things and, and the world who are, who are ones that don't have a covenant with the Lord are in pursuit of these things. God is not the, a sinner. The king, the righteousness is not the center. The things that they want is the center of their life. They're, that's the reason why they work their jobs. That's why they run their businesses. This is why they do the things they do. They do it to chase the things. Well, we as covenant believers, sons and daughters, we are not made, we're not here on this earth to chase things. The things are to be added to us as we continue to chase God, as we continue to run after him, as we continue to embrace him and become the thing that he is making us to be, then what? Those things will be added unto us. And we're not talking about one time. We're talking about added over the course of your life because he knows what you're here for. He knows why he sent you to here to earth and he knows what everything you need on this earth to do the things that you need to do. Amen. And so when I was looking at that, these, these things were highlighted. The other thing that was highlighted on the trip I'm sharing this because I really believe these are prophetic things that God is speaking that's that's coming out of this feast time that's really being released as I was driving uh, many times I've driven up the five and I've driven and I've driven in this area that's kind of north of uh, Sacramento. I've seen the fields but never had an opportunity to watch as I'm driving by see wheat get harvested. And I was like, oh man, this is the season of wheat. This is where the wheat is getting harvest. This is kind of basically the last harvest before what? We enter into the fall and go into the winter where there's no harvesting. Where this is the last harvest. This is the last uh, harvest before we go into the winter time, before there's time to replant again in the spring. And so I was watching the, the big uh, uh, tractor you know, sift through the stuff and pour the wheat into different trucks. And I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this is so good. Again, another prophetic moment, because I really believe it's time for harvest, that we are really going to see people come in to be saved. It's going to be easy to bring people in. It's going to be easy to evangelize and draw people in. He said, if he be lifted up above the earth, he will draw all men unto him. And so in that space, as the Lord is lifted up, as he becomes the focal point, the kingdom and righteousness become the focal point, he will draw men. That's how the church got increased uh, by the thousands on the day of Pentecost, that the Lord was so resting on Peter and them in such a way that when they spoke, 3,000 came in. And then and, and another part of the Acts where it talks about as the church was being added to daily, such as should be saved. 
And I believe we're in that season where we're going to see a harvest, a harvest of souls coming in, people coming in and it being easy to evangelize because people are in a space and they are ready to be harvested. They're ready. They've come to the end of themselves and they are ready to come in. And you are going to be at the right places at the right time to grab them in, to pull them in, in the workplace, in the school place, in the gym, uh, in, in the marketplace, wherever God has placed you, you're going to be able to get them and bring them in and not only bring them in but bring them in and get them connected in the church get them in where they can be discipled because the church advances as their people are being discipled the church the womb of the church is discipleship and when people are being discipled you are what you are replicating you are mad you are uh caught you are uh, duplicating what who you are Jesus told uh, Jesus told him in John 17 he said this he said he said father the the word and the glory that you have given me as 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 the prototype as as the as the image i have given to the disciples i've given them and i've commissioned them to take what i've given them and to give the others and so as we do that what we are doing is we're teaching people and we're building people to look like jesus because the bible says he that foreknew also predestined that we would be conformed to the image of his son so it is it is god's will that you and i and others that are coming in that are going to look like jesus and it is our job to take what's in scripture that that reflects and shows jesus and give them what god has given us and give that to them they're not supposed to look like you they're not supposed to look like apostle bishop and prophet so and so and pastor so and so it's not that we're to look like jesus and if I'm if I'm speaking to you and pouring into you and you look like me, that's not what it's supposed to be. I want you to look like Jesus because that's what that's what he's done for me. Amen. That's what we're doing. We're making sure our brothers and sisters look like the Lamb of God. Because that's the mindset of the father. And so this is what one of the few things that I just on my trip that's been highlighted that it, God is doing. And so along with the harvest, not just the harvest of soul, but some of us are in the season of harvesting things that God has been promising us. Like these things are going to suddenly come on the scene. These things, that's what suddenly says. Suddenly is a, a thing that happens in a moment, but it is the result in the manif in, in the sum of what has taken place over a period of time. Now, sometimes we've had seasons where we've accomplished things and we've moved on to the next thing, but we've not seen what that suddenly we've not seen that that sum of what that season was. And sometimes there are things that interrupt and get in the way. But this is the moment and season in which those suddenlies are going to take place in short form. So, again, a suddenly is something that happens in a moment that is something that is supernaturally released from heaven to come into our time and space. But it is the sum of what we walk through in the previous season. It is the sum of what we have been through, circumstances we have come through, things that we've come on the other side of it, and on this other side of it is this suddenly that's being released. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we're in this season of suddenlies. Uh, another thing that I, I told a person um, a couple weeks ago, I was in this uh, service and I walked by her and I looked at her and I grabbed her hand and for a moment all the Lord spoke to me was tell her soon. 
And so we, I told her soon and she looked at me because that to me, sometimes the word soon can be generic because we were like, okay, God, do we mean you're soon? And like, it could be soon, someday soon. And I laughed and she laughed and it was a joy. And I said, no, I know you're thinking what you're thinking, but the Lord is here telling me to tell you that the soon he is talking about is that it's happening now. It is upon you. It is you're in the right season for something to happen. Something is going to happen. And he didn't tell me what the soon meant or what was what was coming. But all I said was soon. And, and we don't have to help when you are prophetically giving somebody a word. You just tell them what God is saying and, and God will do the rest. God doesn't need no hamburger helper. He doesn't need you to in interpret what is being said. That's where you stare a person the wrong way. You just give it the way he's giving it to you and he will do the rest. I ran into her yesterday at, at the event and she said, oh my God, it's so funny because we were laughing and she said, you wouldn't believe. And she kept saying the word suddenly. The funny thing was, I never told her the word suddenly. I said soon. She said, I kept telling everybody that this man, because they didn't know you, came by and gave me a word and gave me one word suddenly. And I laughed and I said, no. I didn't give you, I didn't tell you suddenly, I told you soon, but I know that when she said suddenly, it was a reminder to me that God is suddenly, and we're in the season that God is doing things suddenly, that there are suddenly things that are going to just manifest and happen. And so, but she told people that, that, and so what has happened? Um, a door opened for her to go someplace and she's excited about it. And then a door for her go open to, to go into Florida to do ministry in this big ministry. She's 60 something, she's 69 years old and she's running with young people. She's running with a young, young group and she's running. She's a mama running with the young ones. And God is causing her in her old age, as Psalm 92 says, she's bearing fruit. It says, don't worry, the old, she'll continue to bear fruit. So she's bearing fruit, which you should be doing, not just young and old, not just young. The young is, no, 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 the old in the middle, everybody's gonna bear fruit. As long as you got breath in your lungs, you are going, you are, you are ripe to bear fruit. And so she was telling me, because of what you said, the word you released, these two things opened up. And I'm like, amen, I believe. I, I told her, I just laughed. I said, well, that's just what God is doing. He told you it was going to happen soon. So I just know that things are going to happen quickly. Words are going to happen quickly. God's going to speak things and things. You're going to see things happen quickly, see things. And so you have to position yourselves to be in step and to be in line with what God is doing. This is also some of the things that are happening in this season. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you that and as we continue on, I just want to read this. And it said, you shall do no matter work. It says, and ye shall this shall be a Sabbath, a Sabbath of rest, and you shall affix your soul in the ninth day of the ninth month. You shall celebrate this Sabbath. And so that's what the Feast of Atonement is. It is a it is a, a time in which we examine and get ourselves ready for the new season. And so we have done that through Christ Jesus. And as we sit and reflect and repent for things, if things that did, things went well that year, that's great. Things that didn't go so well, maybe things didn't get fulfilled that you were supposed to. You just go back and repent, make it right before the Lord and say, God, wherever I was procrastinating and dragging my feet, help me to move and be 
sensitive and move with the spirit of the Lord. Because what you're doing is you're aligning yourself so you can move with the spirit of the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? And so with this, God is doing something special. And so what I, I feel the Lord is doing um, in the story of Gideon, the Lord in the book of Gideon, God is uh, God begins to call Gideon. He begins to call him. And I feel in this season, the Lord is going to call people out of places. And Gideon, as you know, the story, he was in up space with people who were what? They were, they were, he was the least of them. He was part of the smartest group, but there was a lot of darkness on the land. The, the land was up under Midian, the Midianite control. And so there was darkness in the land and it was dark. The Bible says that even though it's dark, and before I get into Judges, I want to read Isaiah 60 because I believe Isaiah 60 is a scripture for this feast time, this, this, this new season that we're stepping in. Isaiah 60 says this, it says here, in Isaiah 60, it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness, the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall what? Be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to the light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising and so and so God is saying that even though we are in a space where we see dark things happening and things happening the way it's happening, we are to know that God is still in control. Amen. And so, uh, amen, amen, amen. And God is still in control and he is still moving and breathing and doing the things that need to be done. And so we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. Amen. And so. Um, I'm just, I'm just, um, I'm just, I'm just amazed at what the Lord is doing and how God is doing what he's doing. And, um, and let's see here. Yeah. And how God is doing what he's doing. And so here in, in the, Gideon, the story of Gideon, Gideon's story is that he, in the midst of dark times, times where things were not really good, things were not all that great, um, then Gideon began to what? Gideon began to, you know, just trying to survive and trying to just get through. And in this space, he encounters the Lord and the Lord is calling him. He is calling him. God is building an army. God is building people today. We are in a season in this time where God is building people and he's building people for what? Not just the end time harvest. He is building people for the purpose, for the, for the advancement of the kingdom for the what the souls that are ready to be harvested to come in and so he is building them and so he's telling uh, Gideon a uh, Gideon arise come out of that out of your out of that out of that dark place he tells him and this is in Judges 6 he tells him hey um, uh, hey my brother hey 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 this is what I'm what I want you to see he calls him a mighty man of valor he says Gideon you are a mighty man of valor and Gideon is like, I can't receive that because why? He's walking in a space where he has embraced this identity. He has allowed the dark things or he has allowed the things in his life to determine who he is, to uh, to reveal this is who he is. And, and so he's embraced that. And God is saying, no, you are a mighty man of valor. Now, nothing 
that society says. Nothing of your past determines and dictates who you are. God is in a season where he is activating people. Again, we are not in this space where it is going to be about the, the mighty man of God and the mighty woman of God. It's going to be about the body of Christ arising and coming into what God intended from the beginning. Amen. He intended for a body. That's why the Bible calls us a royal priesthood. We are a delegation of kings and priests, kingly priests here to do the will of God. We, have, we are more than capable to facilitate and to carry out the mandate of the kingdom. We are. And so it's, it's about us being affirmed. We need to be and God is going to really affirm and really cause your identity in the kingdom to be solidified, to be concrete. The Bible. And so he speaks this life to him. He speaks confirming. And allows him to say, yeah, I want to build an army in you. I want to, I want to raise up an army to, to overturn the oppression uh, of this enemy that has come in to oppress the people. And God is arising there. In other words, Psalm Isaiah 60 says that the glory of the Lord is being released to sit upon God's people. Well, God is calling you to arise, to really believe that even though he's placed you on that job, that job might be the dark place that needs to see the light. Or God may be sending you to be a part of a ministry that's, that is going to minister in a dark place. And, and God is saying, don't worry, you're not doing this by yourself. The light of God is going to rest on you. In other words, when you see the darkness and see the things that are happening in the darkness, and what I mean by that, where you see the witchcraft and you see the, the, the manifestation of the demonic and all these things that are happening, know and rest assured that the light of God, the Shekinah glory, the power and authority of the Lord that rested upon the apostles is going to rest on you and you are going to shine even brighter than the darkness because where the light shines, there will be no darkness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's only dark because there's absence of light. And the moment light comes in, light reveals everything that was hidden in the darkness. And what light is doing is it, it comes in to set the tone, to shift the atmosphere, to turn the land, to overturn, overturn. So it moves in the favor of God. So it moves in the favor of God's people to take some things that were wrong and to undo them and to set them right. And so we understand that God began to build an army with Gideon and Gideon started with 30,000 people. That story is in the book of Judges. And guess what? The Lord said, mm -mm. if I allow you to have this big a group to do what needs to be done, it, you will think that you did this. So he says, I want to dwindle it down. And he dwindles it down to what? 300 people, which is uh, basically 10%. So God takes the full 30,000, takes 10% and says, I'm going to use the 10%. What does that say about the Lord? The Lord says it doesn't take many to do what needs to be done. He took 12 men to turn the gospel, uh, uh, turn the world upside down. What would he do with you and I today? But why did he just doing it down to 300? I believe these 300 are hungry, committed covenant lovers. And they are willing, they're fully in. And, 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 and the beauty of it is, is that no man, no woman will take the glory for what God has done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's about the body arising and us 
moving in step with our Father, knowing that it is we, it is His name that we come in, and because we come in His name, we will do great exploits. We will move and breathe in His name, and when we come in His name, we come in His power and His authority, and we're going to do great things in the name of the Lord. And that was what it was for Gideon. Gideon was used by the Lord, him and his 300, to do some amazing things on behalf of God. He saw God take the 300, and they were outnumbered. But it didn't matter, because what it said, a little bit of God could turn the world upside down. That's how great, that's how powerful the, the Lord we serve. That's how powerful God is in you. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If God be for you, who can be against you? He tells, he tells Moses, he tells Joshua, he says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. So when God is with you, all you got to do is believe and line yourself and know that he's with you. And I guarantee the most high, the sovereignty of the Lord will rest upon you in such a way and people will know there is something different about you. There is something different about what's going on with you. We can see that there's a divine nature. There is a sovereignty. There is, there is a power. There is an authority that you are walking in and it is tangible. And, and it makes you unstoppable because your partnership, because you walk in, in one oneness and you truly believe that the Lord is with you. If the Lord is your light and your salvation, whom shall you fear? If the Lord is the stronghold of your life, of whom shall you be afraid? No one, because he is with you. And that's what he wanted Gideon to know, that it doesn't take big numbers. So when your God is calling you to build a team or build something or build something, sometimes we tend to gravitate and grab the people that we know. Some of those may be a part and other times others, they may not. God may take certain ones that you didn't think and God says, no, I'm on them. I'm breathing on them. They got something you need. They got something. And when you bring them together, you see the glory of the Lord move. I love in, 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 in the revival that happened at the school of Asbury in Kentucky, I, I was watching and it was something about just watching the young college kids worship the Lord in this open heaven that, that was manifesting. And here's the interesting thing, big name worshipers, big name worshipers were uh, wanting to come alongside and say, hey, if you guys need us to play a set or do this, and they were like, no, no, just come and receive. And, and I love that. You know why? Because I believe what happened in Asbury was a precursor to say that this move of God is not about a big name coming. Because the moment big names come in, they have this tendency to draw people chasing the big name. So we don't want that. What was happening in Asbury was a move of God that was drawing people. And it wasn't be, it wasn't drawing people because people were coming to see the big names in Christian music or the big names and preaching, whether it's male or female. But they were truly coming because God was there, because God began to move in the place, and they were coming solely because of Him. Are you hear what I'm saying? 
that we're going to step away from this celebrity type mindset, this celebrity type thing. There should be no celebrity in the kingdom of God. I'm not saying a man doesn't deserve honor. The Bible says you honor those that, that they're worthy of honor. But at the end of the day, it is not about me. It is about the one who I'm one with. It is about him. When I make ministry about myself, I have lost my way and I'm stepping away from what ministry is truly about. It's about Christ Jesus. Yes, the Lord bless and places things on our lives and in the covering we carry, we carry the things that we have walked with God and God has blessed us. But at the end of the day, it is all those things that God has uh, equipped me with or equips you with is all to point to who? Jesus. Everything Christ Jesus did on the earth, he always said, if you receive me, you receive who? You receive the one who sent me. That's my father, Yahweh. And so we as believers should be saying today, if you receive me, you receive the one who sent me. His name is Christ Jesus because he commissioned me to go out into the world to what? To disciple everybody, to, 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 to disciple nations, to teach them about them. And so, yes, love you, Lisa. Blessings. I, I, I'll see you. I'll see you uh, later. Uh, amen. And so when you look at that, you look at what God is doing. God is raising up a people. And it's not about no names and no face. What it truly is about is God raising a people up where he is the focal point. He is the focus. The focus is being restored back to the Most High, and it's going to be removed away from these people. Why? Because it's high time we get back to that. Because when you make what we're doing bigger or more about man than God, then we're in trouble. The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord didn't say magnify me or magnify you. It said magnify the Lord for he is worthy to be praised. He, he's the one others get to see in our lives. Amen. And so when we look at that, we're looking at that. I want to turn to a scripture real quick. And Isaiah, I'm not going to be long before you, but I just, I want to give you this because I, I really believe this is pertinent to where we are. And so, um, and Isaiah and Isaiah, uh, Chapter 2, it reads like this, Isaiah chapter 2, and it reads, it says, And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, the son of Amos, and, and concerning Judah and uh, Jerusalem. And he said, and this is the word he said, he says, And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord, the house of, shall be house of the Lord shall be established on every mountain top, and it shall be exalted above the hills and above all the nations, and they shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And so that scripture there, I want you to see something here. When you see something twice in the Bible, it means to pay attention to it, that it's, it's important and that it's going to happen. We find that that passage I read in Isaiah chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 3, is in the book of Micah. And Micah, the prophet, uh, echoes the same thing. He gets the same thing that Isaiah gets. 
and he's speaking it. He's declaring it in the last days. I want to tell you that the mountain of God is the children of God. Mount Zion is the children of God, and it grows to be the biggest mountain. My cousin, who I was telling you about, who is doing this innovative thing that hasn't been done, that's reforming, set up to reform law enforcement, is 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 an example of that scripture because what happened is mount zion is going to grow how is it going to grow it's going to grow and so we have seven spheres of influence in our culture and as people go into these various different seven spheres of influence um we are sent we have a set a certain skill set and an anointing and a grace on our life to go in those places to establish what establish houses of god in those seven spheres of influence that's business uh religion family uh, uh government arts and entertainment um uh what's the other two uh, uh there's a there's seven seven spheres of influence and we are to set uh houses of god in those places that means god is going to skillfully uh, i think the other one is business too uh that god is going to give you what He's going to give you kingdom ways, kingdom things to go into these spheres of influence. And people are going to ask you, hey, Chelsea, how are you doing what you're doing? Chris, where'd you get that from? Viviana, well, how did you come up with that? And, they're go and you're going to be able to tell them, I just sat with Jesus and Jesus revealed. Jesus, who is Jesus? Jesus is actually telling you this? Yeah, can he do this again? Yes, and it's going to be a tool for you to be able to witness to them. And people are going to want to come and see because what they're going to see, they're going to see what you have encountered, what you've got. They're going to see what you're using actually work and they're going to see it bear fruit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the, the day of atonement is about the rise of the sons of God. Because the Bible says in Romans, it says the earth groans and moans for what? For the sons of God to be realized. What it is, it, it is, it is out of the day of atonement that the sons of God were born. Because why? The lamb slain died once for us. And the Bible says that when he died, he that was crucified was buried. And he that was buried was risen. And he was what? The first fruits. Jesus fulfilled the, 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 the um, summer, excuse me, the spring feast. He was what? The Passover lamb. That was worthy to die. He was also the the uh, the feast of leavened bread. He was what? He was buried, and then then there then he was the feast of first fruit, and the feast of first fruit is when he was risen, and then on the day of Pentecost is where we received the Spirit, where he ascended and we received the Spirit. So you see the fulfillment of the fall feast that Jesus did, and so because he did that, we are the first fruits that came after him we are the sons of god that are arising but we are arising to take the kingdom of god and righteousness and advance the kingdom and show the seven spheres of influence how to move and breathe how to operate we are to show the 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 the, uh, the angelic the demonic in the second heaven the full manifest wisdom of god the bible says in in um uh, in uh 
in um, Ephesians chapter 4, it is there, it is our job to reveal the manifest wisdom of God, to reveal who God is and how to adjudicate and how to rule and reign. They've been created and they've been doing things, but they've used their power and their and their authority that they had to, to abuse it and to do things that they wanted to do. But the Bible says that you and I have been sent here to show something here. And I want to read that to you. It's in Ephesians here. Uh, here in Ephesians, I believe it's chapter th 4, or I believe it might be chapter 3. Let's read it here. I want to read it to you because I want to want you to see something here. Because we have this mandate from God to do this here. Talks about us showing up the second heaven. Those that are in the second heaven. Uh, here, let's see. I want to read that in the, Oh, yeah, here it is in here. It's in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. We begin in verse 9. It says, To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mysteries, which from the beginning of the world had been hidden in God, who created all things by Christ Jesus. Let's read that again. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to begin in verse 8. Unto me, who am least of the least of all saints, this grace has been given. So there's a grace that you and I have been given. And I believe it's a brand new grace to 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 to, uh, to go along with what we have already, a brand new grace. And that I should preach among the Gentiles, that we're going to preach, teach, we're going to evangelize, we're going to extend the kingdom of God. There is a grace that is given. And it says here, to make all men see what is the fellowship of his mystery? The Bible, Jesus told him in the, the apostles who were disciples at the time, he said when they asked him about parables, he said to them, it is for you to know the mysteries. It is for you to know the mystery because why? He says, you are no longer a servant, but you are a friend because a servant doesn't know what his master does, but a friend does. And so we've been elevated to this place of friend. And friend is a, is an example of what a relational, because the the know that he is telling us to know the mysteries that we are called to know God. We are called. It's the same way a man knows a woman. He is intimate with his wife, and because he knew her, they conceive things. And so God is saying he's showing us something. He's giving us a formula. He's showing out of intimacy out of knowing him something is conceived in you and it will be given birth to are you hearing what i'm saying that relationship is meant to bring about something it is it is the conception point that gives birth to the things that god wants to do and so as we get to know god these mysteries become a, a, a point of intimacy that brings a conception a planting of something in you and I. And then at the appointed time, if we allow it to take root and take shape and form, it will bring forth something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so it is our job to know the mysteries, to know, to fellowship in them, to steward them well. And it says, from which, from the beginning of the world, has he hidden in God? 
who created all things. So God has hidden these things. He's made these things concealed in him only because he wanted to tell his secrets to his friends. The Bible says he reveals his secrets to his friends. He reveals his secrets to us because why? We are his, we are his, we are in relationship with him. We are his sons and daughters. Verse 10 says this, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifest wisdom of God. I'm going to read that again. To the intent that now unto the principalities, you know who principalities are, they're in the second heaven. The powers, the, 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 the governmental demonic force. And even, I believe we are to show up, even, even the government, the, king, the heavens, to show good and evil principalities, how it is to rule and reign in the kingdom of God. And it says here, the principalities and powers, in heavenly places we are to be an example we are a company of Jesus's showing all of creation how it is what it is to move and bring in other words the full manifest wisdom of God to bring all of creation all of mankind into the conformity of Christ Jesus and to be able to unveil it to unfold it to reveal it and let people see it in such an unveiled way that's what our job is. That's what the manifest wisdom of God has unfolded, has, has revealed this, is that God begins to show his hand and show you fully and completely who we are to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's our job. That's that's so the the um so the feast of tabernacle, the feast of atonement is about the sons of God arising, 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 arising stepping into what God has called us to do this day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are to come in and to do and undo and to finish what Jesus begun and left for us to do. And he said, if you believe in me, you will do what I did and even greater. That's why the Bible speaks of that the latter glory will be greater than the former because the latter is a is a combination of the latter and the former together are you hear what i'm saying and we are to exhibit that we are to allow it to be revealed to the world and let the world see this full 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 um <laughs> full monty or or un unveiled Fully, fully seen and un and un uninhibited, allowing us to fully see what God is doing, who God really is. The world is going to see who God is. They're going to know who the sovereign one is. And how are they going to see him? They're going to see him move greatly through the sons and daughters. They're going to see him move greatly through the sons and daughters. They're going to see him move greatly through the sons and daughters, because the Bible says what? We are living epistles. We are living billboards. We are living books to be read by men so that men can take a look and see who Yahweh is, see who the sovereign one, see who the creator is, see who the deliverer, the, 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 the one who is salvation, see who Jehovah God, see who El Shaddai is. All the names that, that God's name has is, can be displayed and exhibited in our life. We should be exhibitionists for God is what it really is. Really show the world 
who he is. And he says it is the mandate for us that we would what? That we would exhibit, display, that they would see the full wisdom of God. So when you look at these feast times, these feast times are releasing things. They're bringing things. They're doing things. Why? Because God wants to advance the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. We have one more fall feast, and that's the Feast of Tabernacle. And so we'll talk more about that as we come to that. The Feast of Tabernacle happens on um, sundown Saturday right into sundown uh, Sunday. So it it's happens on the calendar September 30th right into uh, October 1st. And so it is a Feast of Tabernacle, the last fall feast for this year. And so we are just in a very special time in which the heavens are open in an abnormal way. And God wants to do some things for his people. And all he is asking, draw near, draw close, open your ears, open your heart, move the things that would get in the way that would keep you from hearing and seeing him. And, and, and he wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal what he's doing because he said, if I'm doing a new thing, will I not tell you about it? Will I not reveal to you what I'm doing before it comes? Yes, he will. And not only will he do it, he says, I will create a way for that to come about and I will sustain what I've created for you. Just like the story of Joseph. Joseph, what? God, after he had gone through, created a position there was no position in in, in Pharaoh in the, in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh was top dog. He was he was Pharaoh. He was king, and Pharaoh because of the way God moved in Joseph and Joseph had an innovative way. He had such a revelation to understand dreams and gave him such revelation, so such wisdom of God, not only to tell him his dreams, but to tell him how to adjudicate, how to administrate, how to go through the logistics and, and cause them to be on the winning side of something that was horrific that was coming. He was, he was giving them a lesson how to manage and Pharaoh says, man, where shall we find a man like that to, to rule over this? And he said, I don't see nobody else but you. He says, you are going to do this. And he elevates Joseph. He tells the people, he says, only, only I will be greater in the kingdom than Joseph. But Joseph was a governor. He was a governor. But what is that saying? He wasn't just a governor in the natural I'm just, this is something extra. We are, God, Joseph was a governing spirit because he didn't just govern in the natural. He governed in the spirit over who? Over Egypt. So what is that to say? That's to say you and I are meant to not just to govern in the, the everyday practical, but we are governing that which is spiritual as well because that's where your authority ruling reign comes and it allows you to move and breathe in the practical and natural things. And God had given him such wisdom, created a space for him, created a new space for him to what? To display and to show the known world at that time who God is. And that is what 5784 is about. It's about God creating because the number four represents creation, 
or God creating and four represents open door. So God is going to create the open doors. He's going to create positions. He's going to create the opportunities to do the things he's doing. And it's interesting, my cousin I told you about that's got this innovative things to handle, to, to move in the mountain of government. Because it is so groundbreaking, they have created a, a, a department that he oversees right now. And he's the only person in that department and he's rallying people together. He is like Gideon, building a team to come alongside. But they have created a space for him. Or God has created a space based on what God is giving him and he is taking it and utilizing it and it is, it is moved. The Bible says your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what God is giving you will make room for you and it has made room to the place where he is going all around the world. Because that's how amazing God is. And that's what God wants to do in us. But it requires us to get to it requires us to step in closer and move and move and breathe in this in, in this in this in this relationship and step into this new thing that God has for the people of God. Amen. So Father, I thank you tonight for this time to gather together with my brothers and sisters to share and to speak into and to call them closer, to call them into this intimate place with you, to come deeper to come deeper, to come deeper, to dive to the depths of you, to, to abandon anything that is left of the world that they may be holding on to, to abandon it completely and to fully be transformed by the, by the power of God's word. Father, I pray that this, this message tonight, this, 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 uh, what was spoken tonight would take shape and form and it would land and it would rest in their hearts and it would take root and it would call, and it would, instantly just allow them to see what God is doing and how they can partner and how they can line up with his will and way and they could shift their focus and it be kingdom oriented. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for all those that are going to listen. I thank you for all those that were on. I speak that you would bless them and keep them and favor them and all that you have called them to do. And I breathe, I speak that you will meet their needs over and above. And I thank you, Lord, that you will bless them coming in and going out and that, God, we are in a season that you are going to do some extraordinary things in the life of the believer, both spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, ministry-wise, and relationship. Every aspect of their life is going to breathe life. It's going to come bring forth. They're going to break out on the left hand and the right hand their 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 in their habitation is increasing and you're strengthening it for the for the uh for the purpose to host and to and to be able to carry um what and to be able to uh carry the uh what God is releasing and what was shameful and what was what was a, a thing of their past It's just a thing of their past. And God, you are causing them not to remember it or not to have a hand in their present and their future. But you are calling them higher. Because you are the rear guard, the redeemer, but you are also the one that goes before us to make all things, the crooked places straight, to bring treasures out of darkness, hidden riches out of secret places for the purpose that your kingdom and righteousness would advance. We thank you tonight and we thank you for this opportunity. 
We love you today, Jesus. We love you. And I pray for every need to be met. I pray for physical healing to happen in people's bodies. I pray where you need to be delivered, you would be delivered in Jesus' name. And that you and that Jesus would be invited in that space. I pray that he would take more ground in you. And I pray that the doors would be open. I pray that God would begin to create. I pray that you would draw near and begin to do what you could not do in your own strength, but that you would realize I'm entering into rest so that I can move and breathe in the Lord most high. Father, I thank you tonight and I thank you for just this opportunity to share your word. And I speak that you would bless them, that your face would shine upon them, that you would rest upon them, you would favor them, and that your favor would surround them like a fortress. And that it would just prepare the way this week for them, Lord, that you that, that tonight's message would set the tone for them, not just for this week, but beyond because of their partnership with you, because of their realizing this is a divine appointment. This is, this is an appointment of God. And as we answer the call, the Lord will do mighty things in our lives. Lord, we thank you today and we honor you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.